Welcome back to Life in Pinstripes. I am James Devin. And I'm TJ Stolzenberg. And here we are, eighth podcast, fourth different location. We are here at James's lovely abode, and uh, very homely, very warm feeling. I love the guitars in the background. It works quite nicely. And don't be alarmed if there's a cat that runs through and jumps up and runs over here. I love cats, by the way. I grew up with cats. So. I have two cats, so yeah. obviously you better love cats. Otherwise I love I'm cats. Gonna, I'm going to kick you out of yeah, this. Well, guess what? I love cats. I'm not a fan of dogs. dogs. Dogs love you no matter what. They're waiting for you when you come home. Cats can live their own life, and you got to earn their love. you got to earn their respect. They're just going to be, you know, not love you no matter. I want someone that challenges me, you know? A dog can challenge you. Dog, dogs are challenging because you have to pick up their poop all over the They're going to make you walk outside every day. I want an Rain, animal. day, night, shine, whatever. I know. That's the thing. Everyone always says to me, oh, Pepper, my buddy has a dog named Pepper. I have to go home. I haven't been home in eight hours. Like, if I had something that tethered me to my house like that, I just, I wouldn't feel free. The, the cats, they poop in their own box. They can eat out of a bowl. They drink. They're okay. They're, they're sentient beings that have, uh, you know, awareness, and they want you to love them for a little bit, and then, eh, they're good. They'll be just fine. Dogs. They also sleep for 16 hours a day, too. Yeah, cats can, yeah, exactly. So a dog who is going to run around and just <laughs> knock stuff over and just, you know, uh, I'll take cats any day. Of course, yes. So this is a PSA of us being cat lovers. <laughs> <laughs> but as I say, the house is lovely. It's very warm and cozy. And uh, this leads us right into the fact that we are on our fourth location in eight episodes. Yes, very, you know what else is going to be very warm and cozy? Oh, actually, I wish it's going to be cozy. The heat of March Madness. Woo, baby! March Madness. A time where you get happy, a time where you just want to rip your head off, and a time where your bracket is either going to going to make you the happiest person, or it's going to make you want you to put in the shredder. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of uh, March Madness, this is quite a year for some madness. Um, oh, yes. I, I don't know if anyone knows, but... Uh, I don't know what to think of any of the matchups. They made it so difficult this year. That's a, the point. A prime I know, but a prime example would be the Florida-Michigan matchup right away. First off, you had Michigan. You have Michigan going pretty far, right? Of course. This is the second time I picked Michigan winning it all. Second time in three years. I had Michigan winning it all last year. They were hot. They were great. Remember? They drained that three. They came back, went, comeback winner. They lost in, I want to say, the final. They were in the final four. They made it to the final four. But I lost because they didn't pull through. But hey, hey, at least you did better than I did the year before that I picked Michigan. They were the number two seed and they lost to the number fifteen seed. And I'm like, well, also uh, he he had Virginia last year as well. Oh yeah, so this is gonna be another segment <laughs> where if March Madness is gonna make me the happiest kid or is gonna make me so oh. upset to the point that we're gonna have the same reactions like we did last year, <laughs> last week. It was the first 16 seed to beat a one seed. University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah, that's Love it. you. Yeah, that's it. You, you knew they were definitely raiding the city that day. Yeah, no, that was that. that was, uh, Baltimore alone is... Yeah, anyways. But uh, I digress. Yes. The March Madness this year is full of some interesting things, but I want to give a shout-out to the other side, the female uh, March Madness. Ah, a girl named Roxy Berriman. This is the tip of the cap moment. Tip of the cap moment. Of the, of the week, week actually, we're yes. gonna make this. It's gonna be a new thing. Tip now. of the cap moment of the week goes to Roxy Behrman of the Yale Bulldogs. She, uh, if no one saw this, they were playing Harvard, Yale, Harvard, always great rivals, to get into the national tournament. Yep, three sixty heave at the buzzer. 
Spin, shoot, game. Game over. Woo! I know. That Yale was... Bulldogs. It was about right after half court, too. It was, you know... Not a normal three pointer. This was a uh, this was a heave. Yeah, so. you. Yeah, it wasn't when you showed me that. Like, <laughs> actually, today was the first time. I'm like, yeah. really? What happened? Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. First of all, she had like two to three defenders on her, so you didn't know how she was able to make a clear space for yeah. him to take a shot. The but first, def- the first able- defender came right, cut her off. She makes the spin move. She rides with the moment. She rides with the play. First defender comes to cut her off, so she spins. When when she spins, she comes in. The clock is down to 1.3. She has no other decision just to... You know, the time is going to be... Be one with the moment, shoot it, and it was up, and it was good. Yeah, it's one of those rare moments where the heave actually works. Yeah, obviously it doesn't work very much, but prior to that, Harvard had tied it up. There was 11.3 seconds on the clock, inbound pass. Girl has like a fadeaway jumper from about 10, 15 feet away on the baseline. Cush. Makes it 62-62. And then she's dribbling up the court, no hesitation, pass to, the, pass to Roxy. Roxy's dribbling it up, finds her space, and just shoots it when she can, and wow. Tip of the cap to you. If I had a cap, <laughs> this, is, this is what it is. You know, you think of heaves, that being very successful, I remember Gordon Hayward. What was it, when? Like the butler, like the final game. Oh, the heave man. hit the rim, I'm like, oh! I love that. Oh, yeah, that was great. I'm, a like, U- I'm UConn, baby. You talking about the UConn game, the championship? I don't think this was UConn. I think this was like a, this was like 2010. This is before Hayward was even in, drafted. Oh, you're thinking of... Uh, okay. This happened like a few years ago, okay? remember? I remember it was the, uh, it was the championship game, like two seconds remaining. Half-court heave. Hits the rim, and, and everyone's they, like, oh, almost went in! Because Butler went to the finals two years in a row. Yeah, it was one of those Or years. like two out of three years. They, the Butler went to the... And they they lost to UConn, and they lost to... they Was it Kentucky? I think it was one of those... It was one of those... Something like that. Or it was Duke, I don't know. One this of is going to be one of those moments where we correct ourselves next week. So oh, yes. Just, you know... I, I made I made Love sure. us for who we are, and I who we're trying sure. to be. I made sure last week. I don't think I made any errors. If I did... I apologize. Remember, I'm the error guy. I make the errors around here. James is the professional. I'm the wacko. So it's okay. You're fine. All right. So good enough. Continuing with March Madness, though, I just want to say, ladies and germs, uh, the four number one seeds. If you were to take two out of the four number one seeds, would they be Duke, Gonzaga, Virginia, or North Carolina? I'm sorry, but Duke and North Carolina are the two hottest teams right now. Come on, you always got. With the Virginia lost to a 16 seed last year. Virginia is all about the 43 to 27 win. They always have like the low scoring games. I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't believe in Virginia. I don't believe in them. You have them in their finals again. I, yeah, I do. I, okay, I'm not gonna let last year <laughs> just be like I'm done with Virginia forever. It's the same team. Well, I know it's the same team, but obviously. You, well, get, you gotta look at the stats. When you're making your bracket, you gotta look at these specific stats. And we went over this. Alright, I'll be real. They're not they're not gonna lose to Gardner Webb. Hopefully not. <laughs> if I if they do, <laughs> they do, I'm gonna be sad. Stat correction next week. <laughs> so, uh just saying Gonzaga against Fidu or Pivu. I don't even wanna Prairie View or Florida Dominion. Uh, yeah, whoever you are. I have Gonzaga going very far. Gonzaga, another team I don't respect that much. You are always in the tournament. You always win one or two. But your toughest games of the year are the three times you play St. Mary's. I'm sorry, but... No. I'm sorry. Duke is facing 
UNC, Louisville, night after night. The the tough, the easy game is like Miami, and Miami Gonzaga would would challenge Gonzaga. So like I don't want to like I don't want to hype the Power Five conferences, but I just don't see it as every year Gonzaga gets a one, two, or three seed, and every year they don't go very far. I'm sorry. No, is it, is no because, respect. Is it because you don't like the name Gonzaga too? I love the name Gonzaga. Zaga. What, Zags. What is a Gonzaga? It is a. Um, I was about to use the. Uh, no, I don't know what it is. Okay, well, well, we will look this up later on today, <laughs> and we'll we find out. We'll find out the meaning, and we'll we'll post it somewhere. We'll, My name has a Z in it, so uh, it's good with me. I don't have a Z, so I guess I can't. More questions moving forward. All right, but anyway, who do you got winning? So here's the deal: teams like Wofford, Wofford, who normally comes in as a 12, 13, 14 seed, who gets in by winning their conference championship, they have won 20 straight games and have the longest active current winning streak in the NCAA. Hmm. So, on top of that, what, you they have. have oh well, I, I'm just I'm just hyping Wofford, so I hope all you listeners out there take them. So I can do a little misdirecting, pick somebody else. Okay. But hold on. On the real, Wofford, number two all-time three-point shooter in the history of the NCAA. So check it out. Next and final thing about the NCAA March Madness, we're lucky to live in the Hartford area. Oh, yes. We get to have some of the games in the area this year. So... (laughs) Now I understand. Oh, yeah. Not only just a regular game, we, I think, have the best... Matchup. It's a 12 and a 5. Not bad. But it's Murray State against Marquette. It's mm. the first game we get here in Hartford. Yeah. I wish so bad I could go to that. Murray State has literally, I think, the best player in the NCAA right now behind Zion Williamson. He's going to go number two or three in the draft. Oh, yeah. No question about it. I can't pronounce his name because it's like D apostrophe something. And I'm also blank on it because it's Murray State. And let's be honest, I haven't known him, known anything about him till yesterday. So this, this is the one one time of the year where college basketball is relevant. <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, we find out all these amazing things about these amazing players, and it's all found out in the prime time on the big stage. But we didn't know anything about them all year long. I'm not going to lie. I think we should. <laughs> we should. We really should because March Madness is one of the, it's one of the most exciting, nerve-wracking, hair-pulling, every aspect of the year where you just do not know what you're going to get. I know that uh, I know that teams like this, like you look at Duke, right? Yep. Someone who's a favorite, and I bet you, think of it this way, ladies and gentlemen. Depending how you set up your brackets uh, and your little tournaments that you play, your pools, the points obviously ascend greater when you get down to it. Final yep. four. You really just want to think of who are you going to have in the championship. If you can have one of those two teams... You have a shot at winning your pool. Of course. That's really what it comes down to. Now, also think of this. Everyone's going to have Duke or UNC in their final four. Except me. Except him. I had Duke losing in the Elite Eight against the team that I choose. That brings up my next section called the guy who thinks he's doing the clever thing. (laughs) I have not been clever the last two years. But here's the thing. I, I was about to get into my point of when you look at March Madness, you got to look at how many points they score per game, how many points they give up to the other team per game. 
their last 12 games. Like, if there's a team that has, like, a 12-0 and 0 in their last 12 games, you got to go with the team that has the, the hot ba- team. The, the, the momentum. Momentum. You're right. Which is why I chose Michigan State two years ago, and I chose Virginia, which is one of those rare times <laughs> that I chose a number one seed that will win it all. But... You just gotta be careful of these things. Yeah. Look, I, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You, you can't. You like, like it's insane. Like all these games, it, it frustrates me doing these brackets. I can't. I can't do it. It took me like thirty minutes to do my bracket because I'm like, it's taking oh, me three days. I haven't even like gotten through like the first section. Like I can't even. Like the Kansas State UC Irvine. Okay, I loved Kansas State. I watched them all year. I bet on them three four times and thank you I bet on the under every time because they don't score and they always hold down the defense but thank you I just wonder like okay you see Irvine won their conference it's just a nobody right no they're actually a great team they could beat Kansas State Kansas State's a four seed look at him He's being the coach. I, I, I he wants to. He wants his team to win it all. I can't. I, I need my team to win it all. All right. I, I need it. Anyway, you need some money. Hey, we're gonna have. We're gonna go with Tennessee, and Duke in the finals for me. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. That's a wow moment. Right. Tennessee there. has the most NBA ready players. They also have former Texas coach. Uh, by the way, watch the NIT last night. Who gives a crap about that? Just saying, I do. No, I really don't. Okay, we're not, even, we're not even going to get into that. I didn't even know what you were talking about until you said that. March Madness, back to you. Um, <laughs> just saying, he's, he's right. The hot team, the team with momentum comes in, but that's the beauty of why we watch sports. The drama, the momentum, A plus B does not equal C in oh, sports. Oh, you want to talk about drama? Oh, I can't wait to talk about this story. Oh, we're gonna, oh are you going to give it to me now? All right. Talk about drama. Everyone knows how much of a Brooklyn Nets fan that I am. Just get ready, because this is a this is a doozy. Come on, this is, <laughs> it's a doozy. Well, come I, on, I'm, it's a tip of the cap to you. Sir. I told you this. I told you this story. You were like, yeah, that was incredible. Okay, That's incredible. So, no, it's incre- it's, it Bro- is incredible. <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets suffering many years of struggle. Twenty <laughs> to twenty-five wins for the last like six years. Actually, no, not six years. I was just being a little dramatic, but it feels like a long time. But. They had one of the most incredible comebacks last night. And unfortunately, it had to be the game on the West Coast where I was sleeping. I remember I saw the notification on my ESPN. It said the Kings were up 103 to 78 versus the Nets. I'm like, no, oh, this is over. Then I woke up at around 1230, 1245. Mm-hmm. Saw an Instagram post said D'Angelo Russell with ice in his veins. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, did they win? And then I saw that the game was tied. So what happened was is that they scored 25 points to come back to tie the game. Then I was able to catch the final five seconds of that game, which was absolutely incredible, by the way. Five seconds, game tied, 121-121. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson with the ball, drives in with the, literally the most ugliest layup possible <laughs> to take the lead, and they kept it. And I'm like... I can't, I can't believe it. I, there was expletives. There was banging. There was a lot of things. I unplugged my phone by accident. Listen, I was just like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Listen, with passion like us, with we love sports this much, I couldn't imagine if I loved a team like the Brooklyn Nets that much and suffered that long. This is where it matters. They have a pulse this year. And this is the type of storyline you want to see heading down the stretch. I'm just saying, tip of the cap. Not just for the Nets, Nets, but for lovely D'Angelo Russell. Russell. D'Angelo Russell scored 27 points in the fourth quarter. (laughs) 
And a total of what, 44? 44 points in the game, which was, or which is, a career high for him. And Laker fans, they're just, (laughs) they're burying their head in the sand. And by the way, the Nets can eliminate the Lakers from the playoffs on Friday. Oh my. So imagine if that happens if D'Angelo Russell... Out of all guys, beats the Lakers, his former team, oh, and knocks them out of the playoffs. It's done. Good night. See you later, Lakers. D'Angelo Russell has the has the pulse on everything. He's in. He's tapped in. He is ready to go, and he wants revenge on his former team. Laker fans, you should be ashamed. You got rid of D'Angelo Russell to get Lonzo Ball. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. But besides almost losing to the Kings, they've been absolutely brutal on this road trip. They lost to OKC, which was last week's podcast. After we turned it off, I realized they were losing. I'm like, (laughs) then the Jazz, they lost to. They lost the Clippers with the uh, Lou Williams game-winning three-pointer at the buzzer. I'm like, "Mm -hmm." Mm mm-mm. So they have the Lakers, they have the Trailblazers, and then they head to the East Coast of Philadelphia before they come back home for the first time in like three weeks. Dude, they've had so many away games. I know. Well, that's what happens when you play on the West Coast. You got to try everything you can. The one thing I don't understand is the Clippers, Sacramento to the Lakers. I do not understand that at all. I guess it makes sense. You're in one stadium, go a couple streets down the road to Sacramento, and then, you know, it's more than a couple streets. I know that. Sacramento and LA. about six hours. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it's the same state. It is the same state, but California is huge. It's like this big, pretty much. We live in Connecticut, so uh, I assume everything's within an hour and a half. So, yeah, or about two hours from New York and Boston. That makes a lot more sense, to be honest. Okay, okay. Back to that. Uh, That's actually amazing, D'Angelo Russell. Tip of the cap to you. But uh, I will say this: Where are they in the standings? Like, are they going to make it? They are right now seventh in the Eastern Conference, thirty-seven and thirty-six. Who's eighth? The eighth is the Miami Heat. How far up? Like, how, how much of a window they're, do they have? They're about about two to three games back. Okay. But the thing is, is that, like I said, this is the road trip that's supposed to prove what kind of team they are. And the fact that they got their first win on this incredible comeback, this should definitely bring the momentum to them to face the Lakers, face Portland, and the 76ers. Two out of those three teams being absolutely incredible, over 500. You just do not know where you're going to get. But the fact that they won yesterday after I thought they were done is, wow. is what? even incredible. That, 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 that stat alone, they were down 103. Ladies and gentlemen, start of the fourth quarter, you flip on an NBA game, and it's 103 to 78. I thought it was over. 103 to 78. I was upset. I thought it was over. I it's thought they done. were going to go 0-4. I'm like, it's done. how's this happen? And then next thing you know, I saw it was 121-121. Uh, I'm like, they tied it? They tied I got to see this final. That's <laughs> unreal, dude. That is unreal. D'Angelo Russell, way to light it up, man. I think Mad I, respect. I also got to give the tip of the cap to the Yes Network and Ryan Rucco for those awesome calls he had. Like, I felt the emotion. Oh, yeah? I felt it. Oh, I love that's that. Why, that's why I wanted to be a play-by-play announcer because I want... I want the announce or the people to hear the way how I feel watching a game. Because think about it, it's not often you're gonna see a 25 point comeback Dude, in the fourth quarter. You're absolutely right, man. It's 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 an every. That's a beautiful topic. Let's cover that for a sec. All right. When people are watching just any game, middle of the week, any sport, these announcers' jobs, play by play guy, it is not easy as it looks. By the it's way, no. <laughs> like if we were a team, I'd be the color, you'd be the play by play, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So. It's it's like your it's your job though. You're the pulse. You're the vein of the moment happening. 
You're calling it as it's happening. You have to like register it first of all. Know who the heck is. Doing yeah, you everything. gotta know the roster. You know the roster. I pretty made. Damn I well. made. The, I made those mistakes before. What was it? I like. I looked at the names. I'm like, who? <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> but the thing is, a viewer watching a game is just kind of on autopilot sometimes. They're always doing something else. They're living their life, especially this day and age with so much going on, media and all that. But when the game's on in the background, there's something that has to gravity. Just pull it in. Bring the energy and the real life to the moment. Play-by-play guy. You're right. The greatest things feel the greatest to me when I hear Michael K. There it goes! See ya! Woo! Dude. I just got chills right there. Like, come on, man! Like that—that's so cool. You know, it's funny that that's you br- so cool. You know, it's funny that you bring up chills. Was well, I remember I was looking through Instagram the other day, and they were looking. You remember the game two years ago, Yankees Orioles? They were down, I think, ten to one, <laughs> and they came back. I remember when Starlin Castro hit that two-run home run. I was like, that ball is driven deep to left field. I'm like, I can't believe it. Yeah, I want to be that kind of person. Yeah, you uh, bring that. Bring the. You know, ladies and gentlemen, there's not that much exciting things that happen day to day in life. But sports are our drama. We choose to choose that instead of days of our lives and all that other stuff. We like to actually watch soap operas that have, uh, I don't know. Just that basketballs, baseballs, and footballs, and whatever. They and got. all that stuff involved. It's beautiful, and I uh, I hope that we get to do it uh, for a long, long time. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, there's a moment there. I know. But I've, I felt it for a second. Yeah. I felt it in my heart. <laughs> okay. So, sports. Yes. Okay. 20 point, 28 point comeback. Down by 28 at one point. That's 25 insane. points. Just, <laughs> who who would have thought? <laughs> That's insane. They better. They better. Nobody scores 28 points. Like 28 points is like what you score in a quarter. Like. Uh, oh, did I tell you that? Uh, oh, wait. We mentioned how he scored 27 points in that fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. We, we mentioned that. Yeah. We, we mentioned that many times. I know. Sorry. But, it's the final thing we got to mention. But 30, they're, it's just incredible. They're 37 and 36, which totals uh, 73. So that means they have nine games left. Pretty much, yeah. They Ooh, have the, they coming have, down to the stretch here. I know. Not only do they come home, they don't face like a, a bad team. They face the Celtics when they come home. And by the way, I'm about to send a random shout-out because I know my buddy Dustin is a diehard Nets fan. I guarantee you, Dustin, if you still made it this far, 25 minutes into the podcast, here you are, buddy. Dustin Parente, ladies and gentlemen, getting his little shout out. Sorry, had to do that. For that's him. that's fine. You know, all, a lot of my a lot of my friends are Celtics fans, so they pretty much they look at Boo. me like if I was at the basement. Yeah, almost. you are the basement. If you're 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 the newly built stadium by Jay Z, Barclays Center, but undeserving. They're the garden who's not the real garden, but they're Boston. They're just going to be arrogant and think they're just. You there's know. only one garden, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, there's only one garden. Sorry, had to say that. Get over it, Boston. <laughs> so, so, speaking of getting over it, I'm not going to get over this. Um, All right, what are we going? What are we going to talk about? New injuries. Oh, come on! <coughs> you feel that? You, yeah, it's you, what we call the injury bug right now. That's God. this team. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? God. We lose Sevi. We lose Hicks. We lose Sabathia. Del Patanzas joins that list. Inflammation of the shoulder. What? He wasn't throwing hard enough. He was probably throwing like 95. And they're like, wait a minute, you throw like 99. And all of a sudden, it's like, uh, swollen. Like, what, what happened? I don't know. I guess, uh. What did you do in the offseason, guy? Like, what? How's that happen? You can say the same thing about. Usually, sh- shoulder inflammation happens from overuse. And I'm just wondering. What, what was his offseason regimen? Yeah. Are you throwing a little bit every week? Are you taking 
What also could happen is they took too long of a break. They may have taken a whole month off and didn't throw a baseball. Probably. Something like that. Usually, then you try too hard when you come back. You got to be careful of those kind of things. Especially when you're a flamethrower too, like Dylan Batances is. He will gas you with a 99, 100-mile-per-hour fastball and also have that nasty slurve that literally just dropped down like that. It is a sweeping slurve, yeah. It's not a slider. It's not a curve. It's a slurve. It's a slurve. It just goes... But it's okay. uh, it's beautiful because it pairs with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. And uh, Dylan... Do what you got to do to get back. Take your time. Don't rush it. Same thing for Severino. We actually for everybody. Don't Cross rush the board. It. That's what happened to Didi. I have to say that Didi, when he hurt his wrist, he came back too quickly, and then he re-injured it, and then he has a Tommy John surgery. But yeah, but you, anyway, the point is, is that you got you got to be careful with these kind of things. Yeah. Because you know you're gonna prolong an injury, then you're gonna be out for longer, then you're gonna feel bad. It's just gonna be a it's going to be a nightmare situation. There are some good things happening, though, in the uh, Yankees' state of affairs. In uh, Oh, uh, spring training? No. Oh, yeah. So, what is it? In our Life and Pinstripes on Twitter, I came across the stats of the Yankees players during spring training, and I'm telling you, it's pretty remarkable. Hand it over. All right. Where do we start off? Great How do we start off? With the Guardy party. <laughs> Batted 423, three home runs and six RBIs. Pretty solid. Lighting it up, man. Dude, Brett, let's go. Fighting for that outfield spot. I know. How about my uh how about my how about my guy, my future third baseman of the future, Miguel and Duhar. 375, three extra base hits and four RBIs. Pretty solid right there. Doing what they do. Just how about uh Alright, here comes the judge. 353. Six home runs. I am not lying. Six home runs. 15 RBIs. Gavel. Out. Done. Judge, jury, executioner. Out. Good night. How about uh, a guy that we love the most? Greg Bird. I love you, Greg. 342. There we go. Three home runs. There we go. Eight RBIs. Yes. Watching that game against the Astros, they were talking about how he was leading... The Grapefruit League in OPS. OPS, on-base plus slugging. That is That's good remarkable. to hear. That is basically an idea of how many times you come to the plate, your average base you gain when you go to the plate. Think of it that way. He's taking a much better approach to the ball. He's been pulling everything. Actually, he's hit a couple of balls to the other way, to left field, which you got to do. If you know you're getting red hot, you got to hit the ball the other way. Yeah, and quite frankly, he's uh, not hurt. That's the No, he looks great like, right now. That's just the bottom line here, ladies and gents. Like... Can he just stay healthy? God, please stay please healthy. Stay healthy. You don't want his uh, his ankle to be as thin as paper and it gets <laughs> ripped almost. Seems like that. It feels that way. How about uh? Oh, don't forget. How about another guy we love? Tyler, Tyler. Wade. Tyler. Tyler. You you are showing up every last year. You've played late in the season. The last couple seasons, you make the forty man. You know, you are somebody. He's, a, he's the super utility player. Not only does he play the infield, he he's also he also played center field today. I yeah, think. yeah. He he batted three thirty three with eight extra base hits. Dang, he's good. He's ready to go, man. He's the lefty bat. He's not gonna hit the ball out of the ballpark, but he's gonna give you some consistent at bats. If I recall, he's an extreme pull hitter, right? Yes, he does. So he pulls uh, the ball everywhere. Yeah, so he's a lefty, right? Yes, he is. And uh, if I do recall, uh, Yankee Stadium has a short porch in right, right? Three fourteen down the right field line. Yeah. So uh, Tyler Wade, keep it up, bud. It's your time to shine. John Carlos standing. Yeah, good to see him still, you know, cruising in the mix a little bit. 314. 314. 314. 
He's like a 270 guy, but 314. Yeah, two home runs, two five homers. RBIs. Hey, I'll take two blasts. I will take I will take the 314. Yeah, I'll take the 314. I'll take the pie batting <laughs> average any day of the week. Hey, I like how that. How about my get? How about uh, Greg Bird's uh, first base uh, competition? Louis Voigt. 294, four home runs, 11 RBIs. Luke, you are you have four homers and 11 RBIs? I'm going to admit... He's I, still batting 294. That's pretty good. 294 is great. If he bats 294 and hits homers and has RBIs like that throughout the season, that's an actual stud first baseman number right there. I will say this. I'll give him a little bit more respect than I gave him last year because I knew he came over from St. Louis. I knew no one had really seen him. I knew he was just in the mix getting pitches that he, you know, I thought the pitching staff were going to figure him out. So we'll see this year. It's still spring trading, ladies and gentlemen. It's still pitchers just trying to warm up, warm up, get their pitches ready. They're not actually trying to fool people right now nope. of throwing fastballs in and changeups blown away. They're literally going to throw multiple pitches in a row just to make get their functions and mechanics down right. Of course. So I get it. We're not going to take these numbers too crazy. But... It's something to look at, though. It's something to look at. It's something to say, Voight, you still have a pulse in the league. You hit four homers, man. Hey, not only is he hitting four home runs, he hit four absolute moonshots, too. I'm sure. That little Sammy Sosa hop he has, I love that, by yeah, the way. I love that so much. He's like, I got all of it! <laughs> all right. I do, uh, I do love that. Glover- on, the, on the bottom of the list, this is still the bottom, by the way. Yeah, unfortunately, the bottom. Uh, we Glaber, have- 263, five extra base hits. And Tulo, only three homers. He batted like 241, seven RBIs. I, but still, though. I'll take it, man. Tulo hasn't, first of all, Tulo hasn't really played consistently over the last couple of seasons. He missed all of last year. What is going on with Tulo? He's been an injury bug from the start ever since he got traded from Colorado to Toronto. When he was in Colorado, he was a force. Yes, he was. I remember one September he had a few years ago when he hit like like 15 home runs, I think, somewhere yeah. around there. And uh, I just wonder, because, you know, him wearing number two, being a Derek Jeter fan growing up, well, being a Yankee fan, like, w- this is his moment right here. And It's definitely a moment for him to shine. I don't want him to be pressure-filled. I want, And it was great to see his first at-bat. <laughs> yes, that goes, was great. Goes Yahtzee down the line, right field. Love seeing him hit it down to right field, by the way. Every right-hand hitter needs to pull the ball to Or, not pull... Opposite. Hit the opposite way. Go oppo, as he says. Oppo taco, baby. But I digress. Tulo. It's no, not really digress. That's not a digress moment. No. It's just I'm a little upset. I'm a little worried about Tulo. Yeah, I've always been worried about Tulo. When, I was, when we first got him, I'm like, I like it. You got him at a minimum price, but a high reward. High reward and low amount of money. Yeah. It's just, uh, he's Tulo. You know, it's got a name for himself already. He should he should be, be ah, I don't know I have a feeling he's gonna be our fill in while Didi gets his body back and uh, you know play second base every now and then play you know I just I don't do something man you when you used to be an absolute warrior you used to be like top of the list I think he still I think he still got it in him I think his injuries have set him back completely I his confidence level is probably not the same as he used to be because of these injuries and that's what I'm trying to say you had it in you you didn't lose it it's still in there find it I definitely I'm not worried about Tula whiskey I I hope I don't have to be I hope not I hope not either but I am worried about the fact that uh, 
we have a new roster opening because Sevy's not going to be pitching, Sabathia's not going to be pitching, and uh, some good news, ladies and gentlemen. The get- I think we were having this, this, this conversation recently of, are we going to go to the farm, or are we going to get a guy like Dallas Keuchel or Gio Gonzalez? And guess what? We got Gio Gonzalez. We got Gio Gonzalez. A career 127 and 97 pitcher. Are you kidding me? I love that. In the major leagues, a career 127 and 97 pitcher. I will take that. He's also in his early 30s. He's too. 33 years old. He's got a couple years of crafty veteran ship ready left in him. So I, I see him as a perfect four or five, you know? Like, they were talking about in articles how they don't think he's going to be in the starting rotation or even be in the majors to start. And because he was signed to a minor league deal, if he makes the majors, he gets a three million dollar bump. You but know he's you know he's going to be to the he's going to be in the majors, especially with everything that's going on with Severino and CC. You don't know when they're going to come back. Also with CC, you don't know if he's going to be serving that five game suspension after what he did to Jesus Sucre last year against the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, but I will say this: this is a bold prediction, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's hear what you got to say. Bold prediction: Gio Gonzalez is going to come in. He's going to be so thankful and grateful that the Yankees gave him a chance. Nobody else was looking at him. I can't believe that no one else it doesn't make sense. took a lick. This guy was on the Milwaukee Brewers, the team that was one win away from going to the World Series. Yeah. How could no one look at this guy? Yeah, and he was not only just nobody, he was somebody on the team. Yes, he's been making $12 million a year for the last three years, but now he has nothing. How come nobody offered him even something? I don't get it. And Scott Boris is his uh, manager, so I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe something happened there. I don't know. You never know what you're going to get from Scott Boris. Let's yeah. just say that. And man, does he have a lot of players under his contract. <laughs> but anyway, Gio, bold prediction. I think Gio is going to come in and not only be in the starting rotation, I think he's going to eclipse the likes of J.A. Happ. I think he's going to have... A 17-win season. Really? 17. Wow. Despite that, we do have Severino I can and CC. I can see this now. Severino had to barely just got his 20-whatever wins because he got to like 13 at the halfway point and then really struggled in the second half. Going 19-8. and eight. But... Why are you doing... That was good. That's a good record. For the second half. Second half. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but what I'm saying is... I can see Gio all of a sudden, wow, no one looked at him in the offseason. He's got that underdog pulse, man. I'm telling you, this guy can pitch, and he's a lefty in Yankee Stadium. It's better to be pitching lefty in Yankee Stadium. I'm just telling you. If you noticed that people are going to pull that ball this way, and that's not towards the short porch. So, no, just saying, most, absolutely not. he's going to jam the lefties. We don't want lefties getting free swinging, getting to the short porch. He's going <sighs> to... Nope, we do not want Righties that. are going to pull... And that's away from the short porch. So, I'm just telling you, I think statistically this is going to work out for him. And I think he's going to feel real comfortable to be on a winning team again. He did great for Milwaukee, like he said, one win away from the World Series. So I think he's going to be, hey, I'm in a race again. I'm, he's going to be amped up. And my bold prediction, he's going to have 17 wins. You heard it from me first. Remember this. He'll, he'll tweet it if he had to. I'm learning to tweet, by the way. I'll get you a Twitter. I don't know what this is. What Twitter is? Oh, dude, you got to catch up. Uh, this is 2019. Uh, yeah. Everybody tweets everything. Yeah, but guess what, everybody? I don't want to hear everything. I, I had 20 tweets about that comeback <laughs> last night. <laughs> but I'm saying, I didn't want to hear about the guy having a salad on a Tuesday. Like, I don't need to hear that. Oh, I, oh, trust me. I don't retweet on that. I only retweet 
You hype things hype. that I want to hear. You hype hype. If this guy pitches six solid innings and gets the win, that's a retweet moment. Yeah. I don't care whatever he heats on a Wednesday or Tuesday or if he walks his dog right now. I, I don't care about that. I guess I've misunderstood the tweeting aspect because I just I always thought it was people that actually don't do anything and they say things just to disrun- disgruntle and uh, to disrupt the atmosphere, you know? Like, there's a lot of people out there tweeting and just being nuisances. I, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? We've had this discussion many times how social media sometimes just ruins people. Ruins. Ruins. But ruins! But... <laughs> We try, look, look, here's the thing. Tweeting, I don't like it. I don't like it, ladies and germs. I don't like it. You can just like tweet, it. you can even just tweet little things like that. Like the Yankees got Gio Gonzalez. That's all you have to say. But who actually want, okay, but who actually wants to know about TJ Stolzenberg? Who's, I'm a somebody, by the way. You are somebody. You're a co-host. But I'm texting about this. You're a co-host of a great podcast, and you're also one of our favorite people of this podcast. That's what we say on our brand new Instagram, by the way. It's called Life in Pinchstripes. All right. Well, I guess I'm learning the tundra of social media. If people want to hear my opinion, which I don't think they do, but I'm going to have some opinions, and I'm going to be saying some controversial shit. Stinky stuff. So yeah, you were very close. That to was a close one, ladies and germs. That was a. <laughs> it's just like stop where you are. Don't go any further. I digress. Although I do have to say this, I did tweet at one moment. I did show you this. What was it? One San Diego Padres fan who said the uh, uh, Machado was better than any player on the Yankees. I'm like, no, <clears throat> not even close. That's my point, though. What? What? Why would you say that? I don't like the fact that there's a plat. Okay, I get it. It's not true, first of all. We're going to break it down real quick right here, all right? All right, let's Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, your kid is not special. Sorry. I'll explain. It's okay. I don't think he's going to be listening to this anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Soccer. Six-year-old team, right? The losing teams do not get a trophy. I'm sorry, we're heading into an age of everyone's supposed to feel special, even the losing. No. Hard work creates results, creates winning, creates trophies. Not every kid who picked his nose and played video games gets a trophy. I'm sorry, but this translates to social media. Not every opinion matters. Sometimes you're just smoke and mirrors. Sometimes you're just smoke, and sometimes you're nothing. I'm sorry. I'm coming with the hot take right now. This is a real hot take. Boy, this is a real hot take. After I've just I'm you, coming at it. it. But it, it, I would rather listen to a James talk about sports because I know he knows what he's talking about. Oh yeah, of course. But, but I'm not. Say, if you say that Manny Machado is better than any player on the Yankees, who the heck are you? Who the heck are you saying? The Manny? difference between Manny Machado and the Yankees is that the Yankees are going to the postseason. Manny Machado is probably not going this year. And he's never gonna run to first base very hard. I'm just saying. He's gonna uh, pull an. He's gonna pull an ankle. He's not at least like five seconds off the. <laughs> That's the tweet I don't want to read. That's the tweet that now think of this though. That's why I had to laugh at that. But here's okay. So good, you laughed at it. That, I laughed at it. That's the only okay. thing I said. I didn't okay. say you okay. suck or but this is not true. Because here's the route. You have you're going about your day. Do 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 do. And your divine path was meant to go here. 
but you read a tweet about something. This is what about social media that is just distracting all of us. It's all this circle and whirlwind when you're supposed to be on your divine path that day, what you're supposed to get done. You read a tweet and all of a sudden, you're angry or upset or on this path now because somebody said something about Manny Machado and the New York Yankees that is actually not even close to real. Or <laughs> so It shouldn't even be in the same conversation. Exactly. So I'm just saying, I feel like social media being used to give platforms to people that don't deserve it. Uh, I get that. But I do know that there are people that do deserve it, that don't get the platform. That's where I love it. And that's where we come into play. Oh, yeah. Real course. people, real, real, real experiences, real knowledge, and... Uh, I think we're pretty cool. I talk about baseball all day, pretty yeah. much. I talk about everything. Uh, hey, I talk about everything too. Yeah, but I was. Gonna, I was. I said everything because I was gonna say something a little touchy. Oh God, what were you gonna say? No, no, no. We don't have to go there. We don't Man, go we're there. not gonna talk about that. <laughs> Come on, buddy. I don't want to talk about that. Fine. We we'll don't. just keep. We'll just keep it to ourselves for now. Huh? Yeah, you'll have to tune in next week because he'll be talking about it yeah, next week. Because next week we'll be allowed to talk about it. Yeah, we're gonna do a Sopranos moment right there where I'm just gonna say something and then I'm just gonna cut you off like that, pretty much. And you have to wait and see what happens. That was actually pretty cool. Okay, I like that. Yep. Yeah. Can we still talk about baseball? There's one, there's one thing I got. I'm sorry. I know after all these things, we have to talk about one thing. Michael Trout. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I saw, you said it was 4.30, but I saw they were in talks of finalizing a deal of 12 years, 440 Really? Million I've seen dollars. 4.30. So, it probably adjusted by today, and it's probably 4.30. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. He, deserves, he deserves it. You deserve it's not it, man. Even. You're getting 35 a year. That's who you give that contract to. To a guy that, first of all, they've been believing in analytics. Like he, apparently, he's been leading in war for like the last like six seasons. Oh, yeah. He's not even close. Also, I saw something the other day, too. They were comparing Mike Trout to Barry Bonds. Mike Trout has a lot more home runs in his age 26 season than Barry Bonds ever did. Well, Barry Bonds also hit more later in his career. Because that is also true. But he took still, a lot more steroids later in his career. Yeah, that is true. Mike Trout doesn't look like a guy that would do that. But still, though. You but guys, still. But I will say Mike Trout, unreal player. 12 years, $430 million. You bet Bryce Harper is probably not very pleased about that. Bryce, sorry. You're not even close to the player Mike Trout is. You shouldn't get $35 million a year if you're batting 249 Sorry, bud. Just saying. Yes, Bryce, you're a pulse. You're a... Ugh. Whoa, wacky, waveable, inflatable hair tubes guy f- flailing around. The quaff hair. The quaff. But Mike Trout, I hate the fact that he has nobody else on his team. It, he doesn't. That's one of the biggest problems. That's why he's only been to one postseason series See, since he made his major league debut back in 2011. Here's the major problem. You're right. They deplete their resources when they give him a contract like that. But he deserves a contract like that. He does. He's going to stay in L.A. in a big market. And they're, they're, they're the Clippers. You know what I mean? They're the other team. The Los Angeles Angels. Yeah. The Los a Angeles team, Angels. You a know? team that hasn't been relevant, unfortunately, for... We're paying attention to the Dodgers. We're leaving out the, the, the Angels. Angels. yeah. We're paying attention to the Lakers. We're leaving out the Clippers. But... The Clippers and the Angels still need to make a pulse. They're in L.A. still. We forget they're an entire franchise in L.A. Of course. So, just saying, he deserves the money, but it depletes the resources. They're not going to be able to get a good team around him. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel bad for Mike Trout. I feel bad. He's never had any kind of support, even... In that same year when he made it to the postseason, unfortunately, they got swept by the Kansas City Royals. But anyway... How do you remember that, man? 
Uh, it just comes to my mind. I don't know. 2014, Kansas City Royals, they won the wild card game against the Oakland A's. That incredible wild card game. Then they got swept. The Royals made it to the World Series. Then they lost the seven games against the San Francisco Giants. Then they won the next year. But I'm not gonna, <laughs> we're not going to go any further than that. I rest. There it is, right there. Okay. So any, the point is, is that Mike Trout is undoubtedly the best player. Yes, you heard it. The best player. The best. Right now. Right now, period. Mike Trout. You think of 20, 2010 players in the MLB. What do you think of? You think of Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Mike Trout. I grew That's up a, it. I grew up a diehard Derek Jeter fan, so here's where I love Mike Trout. Okay? I knew Derek Jeter was going to have average. He was going to make some star-studded defensive plays, but he wasn't going to hit for homers. He wasn't gonna no, hit, he doesn't. He wasn't going to hit for RBIs, being in the one or two spot his whole life. But way he was clutch. So clutch. Mike Trout does Everything. everything. Literally. Literally. Everything. He's a... Everything. He can rob the ball over the wall. He can hit for average. He's also a monster... Power. ...base machine. Stay, he is so fast. They say a five tools, speed, arm, hitting, uh, running, and... Uh, the five tool. Five tool I, I just said, like, the same tools twice. So running, running. Running. Average. Average. Power. Power. Arm. Arm. Glove. Glove. Yeah, we'll go with that. Or speed or something like that or uh, whatever. Okay, I, was, anyway. I was only a full four tool player, so I don't know the fifth one. I was but, a zero tool player. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike can do everything, man. All you think of is that beast. You try to pitch him low and in, he can get to that low ball better than any big boy. Being a big guy, he hits that low ball great. Oh yeah. Absolutely. His only weakness, if he had one, it's not even a weakness. He probably bats like two forty at this, is pitching him up in the top of the strike zone. It's tough for him to... It's it's just the only thing. He's always looking low because so many dudes are throwing him off speed and so many dudes are trying to keep him low and away. But he's ready for that. That's where he takes advantage, by the way. Low and away. He and literally he, has like... Yeah. And, like he can, and he can go away if he has to. He hits the ball where it's pitched. He literally, if it's fast away, he stays back, hits it to right field. If he gets something quick inside, he has quick enough hands to get inside and still pull the ball. Strongly, nonetheless. The man has RBIs. The man has home runs. The man hits for average. The man can field an oh yeah, he's got an arm. He's also the leader of the Angels, pretty much. He's the only he's the only He's the only guy that stands out. You got him, you got Pujols, you got Upton, Matt Harvey now. <laughs> oh, they got Matt Harvey? Yeah, they have Matt Harvey. <laughs> Is he gonna like actually play or I d I don't know. Like I said last week, like I said last week, is he gonna be uh, is he gonna be the Dark Knight again, or is he going to be? Uh, he's right where he should be. He's Los a, Angeles. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a drama queen. He needs to be out there. Well, of course, I'm pretty sure that uh, Universal Studios is probably looking for a performance <laughs> for the Oscars. I think he's gonna sign up for that. I know. Uh, yeah, you know, but I, I just want to get back on Mike Trout real quick. Yep. Mike, good job. Nice you know job. What? I'm tipping the cap again. It's the second time in a week, but or a second time this week, but I think this is the third time this podcast that we've been tipping the cap. By it's the probably way. the seventh, to be honest. I but don't even know. We're I gonna narrow in on that. We're gonna make a whole thing about it. Tip of the tip of the cap moment of the week goes to Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Well, maybe you should do like man, men's and women's. Maybe Me you should do Mike Trout for the men's. Mike Trout for the men's. Roxy Barriman for the women. Roxy Barriman with an unbelievable shot. That's our tip of the cat moment of the week. Yeah, Yale girls basketball and uh, L.A. Angels baseball. Yeah. Here's the one. Pro <laughs> All right. I just thought about this. This literally just popped into my mind. What did you right pop now? Into your mind? 
He's on the Angels. Is he going to win at least one World Series? No, he's not. So... Unless his contract, about two, three years down the road, right around when the Yankees... No, I'm just saying. I know it's a dream. That that would be an absolute dream right there. <laughs> but I'm just saying, the big market teams are going to be the only ones that can possibly get him off of the Angels. And think of how many players the Angels will be able to get for him. I'm just saying, he's never going to win a World Series as an Angel. I Yeah, that's the thing. It's like he's... Not fact, it's like a steal that he's the best player. Name two pitchers. Right now. Name two pitchers on the Angels. Go. Matt Harvey. Okay. Name uh, three pitchers on the Angels. <laughs> uh, let's see. Matt Harvey. They got other guys. I totally forgot. See, that's the problem. He's the smart one, and I'm telling you, the Angels don't have a single stud pitcher that you can think of right now. Unfortunately, not. Erwin Santana. Nope, not there. Not Jared Weaver. He's not there anymore. These are former guys that we're talking. See, that's a problem. Is if I can't name a starting John pitcher. Lackey. John Lackey. John Lackey. <laughs> wow, that's a name that I haven't heard in a while. But the Angels haven't won a World Series since 2002. They haven't made the postseason since 2014, and yet they have Mike Trout. They should be ashamed of themselves. And they, they ri- and they ripped off the Band-Aid, and Mike Sosha went. I can't believe they did that. By the way, I know it was a little Mike Sosha. Everybody liked Mike Sosha. I liked Mike Sosha. I liked Mike Sosha. He's like such a baseball manager. Well, yeah, he used to play for the uh, Crosstown Dodgers back in the 80s. How do you know that? I watch a lot of baseball, obviously. I'm just impressed. I know. But uh, You want to talk about more of my stat? <laughs> he couldn't name an Angels pitcher, so that's why they're not going to win the World Series. I only named one Angels pitcher. And it was the guy that is exciting and in the drama news and is not going to help them get to the World Series. Sorry. Nope. Unless if he wins 26 games and he bet- and he has an ERA of like 1.2. Like I should probably bring this up. I hit a double off of Matt Harvey. Hey! I, I just want to say, that. I just want to say, ladies and germs, real quick story. It was actually a preseason game when I was in high school. High school. This isn't even AAU. High school. Oh yeah, because he lived- Matt went to Fitch. Uh, it's in Norway. It's in like the Norwich area. Uh, there's NFA Norwich Free Academy. Yeah, because he's from uh, he's from New London, so yeah. he's a Connecticut native. So he went to Fitch, and we faced Fitch in a little round robin tournament with three or four teams, and uh, <laughs> he threw gas. But what people forget is he holds the Connecticut state record for batting average. The, the man really? Could, the man could hit. He he literally still in class L, not double L, L, larger school. He has the batting record. I don't think he has the home runs because somebody um, right here had the RBI record for only two years. But I held it for two years. Hey, you still hold it. You still 39 hold it for two RBIs years in 23 games. That's, I repeat, I had 39 RBIs in 23 a, games. That's not even a month in, if you think about it. That's like, think about it. If you had 39 RBIs in the big leagues yeah. in 23 games, yeah. you would definitely be considered an MVP. I really want to look up that article and read it out loud and just toot my own horn right now, but I'm not going to. We can tweet about it. Yeah, we'll tweet I will about tw- it. I will tweet this information once he gives it to me. Head of the article is titled Red Hot Stolzenberg. Leads the undefeated Falcons to start the year. Woo! Also, oh yeah, we also have a Facebook page too. It's also called Life in Pinstripes. It's just a bunch of guys, just us doing this. Why don't we just relive our glory days and I'll put my <laughs> my articles about me when I was growing up, uh, put them out there and pretend I have any credibility talking yeah. right now. Yeah, I also look at my credibility too, a uh, baseball player, which is 
None. <laughs> Which is knowledge is different, my unless friend. You, unless you want to consider me getting hit in the face by a baseball, that's my credibility right there. Well, guess what? You saw it. You saw the pitch all the way. That was, right. that was a bad joke. That, right. was re- that was really bad. But you're the brains, man. Come the, on, give yourself some respect there. Brains and the power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even the brawn. I'm just the uh, wacky guy. Oh, I had a conversation the other day with one of my coworkers at work, and he told me that I couldn't name a lot of the players of the 09 World Series team. I named pretty much all of them. Oh, please. Even I could probably do that. That's the Nick Swisher days. Nick Swisher, Johnny Damon, Hideki Matsui, Mark Teixeira, Robinson Cano, Derek Jeter, A-Rod, CeCe, Burnett, Pettit, Sergio Mitre, Posada, Molina, Rivera, Chad Godin, just to name a few. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you to keep going, man. That was awesome. Well, I probably could keep going. Gardy, he's still there. Dang, he's Dave, been on the team for a while. Gardy, David Robertson, Sergio Mitre. I, I don't know if I mentioned him he already. Did. He did. I remember we had Mark Melanson for a little bit. No, we didn't have Bobby Abreu. Never mind. He was gone. <laughs> he was long gone. Anyways, that. you did good, man. That, yeah. was, that was pretty impressive to do on the spot, on air. Of course. I think a lot of people need to know my, uh, my Yankee knowledge. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. But remember when Brett Gardner first came up? Do you remember when he... Yep, of course I remember. Do you remember that? And he was just like that shaved head guy. I'm like, oh man, I love this guy. He's got a lot of fight in him. The small little guy. Small little crafty speedster. Runs like a gazelle. Yeah. Obviously you knew he wasn't going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Right. But a guy that was definitely reliable. Yeah. But guess what? He is... He hit three home runs in the pro season. I just want to see something. Oh, yeah. Uh, Three home runs and six RBIs batting 423. Players like uh, Stanton only hitting two home runs. I just want to say, Gardy has more home runs than standard right now. Gardy, it's it's really just one pitch. I know. If you throw him a changeup, he's going to pull it. He's going to crush it. He's going to hit it a long if he way. Get, if he guessed off speed and got that changeup, or fastball missed location right over the plate, you know he's going to hit. You know he's going to hit it towards the subway. He's right got field. that quick little pew, and it, it it'll go in the short porch, but. Guardy, man, you named a lot of players just then. He's probably going to be the starting center fielder for this team. Yeah, w- w- what are we looking at here for a starting center field? Because it's definitely going to be Gardner, and I think Judge and right, Gardner and center, Gardner filling in the Hicks spot. I think it should be Stanton and left, so that way you put Voigt and Bird on the same roster on opening day when we face the Baltimore Orioles and we kill them 20 to 5 hopefully oh by the way we're going to game 3 yes Woo-hoo! 31st we're going to go to game 3 we are going to be just yelling if oh, you man. hear the voices we should do the podcast from the stadium i wish we could do that we might bring the camera and film some stuff yeah we might film some stuff we might just post it see if our experience the only problem is is that i don't th- well, maybe yankee stadium does have wi-fi <laughs> i bet you they do yeah you or, think there's a, or there's a room that does Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, in the clubhouse area, or not the clubhouse, the um, steakhouse area, there's a place to eat that you can put set up your laptop, do Wi-Fi. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to casually come to the Yankee game and do my work here. Just think about it. Just think about it if we were, because we got seats in the Bleacher Creatures. Yeah, obviously, I've been wanting to be part of the Bleacher Creatures for the longest time. Imagine if we brought our microphone and we're just going to be like, oh, look at these people right now. Just going to be like, ah. I'm defending you from his screams right now. Oh, yeah. Just saying. But I will say we should do that. You should teach me how to do post post uh, media stuff on there and do uh, all that. Obviously, that's the biggest thing. Since we got an Instagram, we have a Facebook page. Like and, and pinstripes. We do have a Twitter. Like and pinstripes. I am not going to stress this enough. By the way, we like we like you guys. Yeah, we like you, and we, we like- appreciate you guys listening to us. 
We want to get better, though. Yeah, we want to get better. We want to know what you want. So contact us on either our Twitter or Facebook. I have my own personal Twitter. It's jyevan21. And once again, our life in pinstripes is at Yevon Nation. The only reason why is because I did a podcast called On Deck with Yevon Nation before we did this. How dare you? Well, this was, You cheated on me. Well, this was when I was alone. Uh, don't be that way. I'm kidding. So contact us. We want to know how to get better. We want to know what you want to hear. We want to know what you're excited to listen to. If we find us funny, if you find us annoying, let us know. If we, you find us annoying, you got a problem. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know I can be kind of annoying. But I will say we'll read it on air. We'll read your email on air, your tweet or your message on air. We want to hear what you think. So let us know so we can embarrass the crap out of you. Yeah, so that way we can mention you on the next episode and either give you the tip of the cap or you're going to be known as the goat. And when I mean goat, not the pleasurable goat, sadly. The one with a little bit of hair in a weird spot. Yeah, like in uh, Loudmouths when they had the... <laughs> Loudmouths on SNY, they had something called My Guy, My Goat. My Guy obviously being the awesome guy and My Goat just being the not-so-awesome guy. The bad kind of Billy. No, not that kind of Billy Goat. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I, I love us. We're but, this, but this is us. We're just, we're real men trying to make a real thing. And we're, we're, we want you to tell us what's up. As a, like, This is you. You're listening to us. So tell us. You, you know? are part of our community. Yeah. So, I don't know. Are we at that point? Are we at that moment? We're almost there. Yeah. So. Eight, or we are a little bit over a week towards opening day. Can you, can you believe it? One week. We just had on TV, by the way, the Mariners and the Oakland A's first game. In Japan, opening series, Ichiro on the on the roster. Gotta love Ichiro, by the way. His little stint in New York wasn't the best, but he 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 was there. I don't know. The man played nine full seasons in Japan, was a stud, and then was rookie of the year in the United States. The guy should if if oh what if he played here his whole career? He would have a billion hits. He would lead everything. He would oh, yeah. lead every category. It'd be more than Pete. Pete Rose. He would be more, way over Pete I Rose. Almost said, I almost said Pete Holmes. That's a show on HBO called Crashing. But anyway, I digress, <laughs> that I digress at that point. But yeah. Are you ready for uh, fantasy baseball? Ooh, that's right. Oh, we have a big draft coming up this Sunday. We have a big draft coming up on Sunday. I will probably send a picture and tell you what you think. Hopefully, it's a good roster. I'll, uh, I'll win and be the guy who doesn't show up because it gets auto-drafted, so... <laughs> I'll be the guy. I will, uh, I'll be the winner. I'll try my best not to draft Jonathan Scope like I did last year, and he ended up batting only like two fifteen. Ooh, Jonathan Scope. That's yeah. what you meant by that. Jonathan Scope. Yeah. Remember when I kept on talking about it? It's like, this is the guy who batted like, he batted like 290 at 37, like one. And by like the way, I don't have a problem with his average. I have a problem with his last name. Scope? Spelled S-C-H-O-O-P. But it's actually pronounced... You thought no. it would be pronounced shoop. Shoop. Scope. Ship. Scope, scope sounds better. Scope. I have a problem with him. I don't like that. Okay. That's why he's only in a bat 214. Wow, thank you for the optimism right there. Sorry. You're not going to pick him again. No, of course not. Good. Well, watch this. I don't pick him, and he's going to bet like 323 for some other team and have 23 home he's runs and 75 like, RBIs. Yeah, he's going to bet like 323. He's going to have like 50 and like 150 for the Minnesota Twins. I'm going to be like... Oh, he's on the Twins now? Yeah, now he is. Perfect. He's going to bet 323. <laughs> Mark my words. What? Target field? Yeah. All right. We digress. <laughs> okay. We digress hardcore. We're, we are very digressing hardcore. But, like I said, we have, inst- we have an Instagram, Life in Pinstripes. 
We have a Twitter, Life and Pinstripes at Yevan Nation. My personal Twitter is at JM21. We're still gonna work on his. I'll Twitter. make one. I'll make one. I will do it. I know right you here. guys are waiting. And I'm your... going to film it. I will post it on Instagram <laughs> if I have to. I've been working on Twitter, things like that. We also have a Life and Pinstripes Instagram page and also our YouTube account, James Yevan. That is my YouTube account. I'm just saying. I'll put, I'll make it, I'll do it. I know you guys are waiting on hands and toes and feet and nails and knees or whatever you guys are waiting on for my every word. So don't worry, ladies and germs, it's coming. Once again, I am James Yevon. And I'm TJ Stolzenberg. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. Rock and or roll.